Welcome to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. We will discuss all things traumatic here, mental health disorders, movies, TV shows, love, life, etc. Will the topics trigger some? Of course they will, but to get past the trauma, you will have to get to the room. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Charm Room Podcast with TK. And today I have a friend and we're going to discuss postpartum depression. So my friend today and I will be discussing postpartum depression. And I'm just going to ask her a couple questions about it. So one of the first questions is, how would you describe postpartum depression? And your experience with it? Um, I would describe it as in the beginning, um, just like like you say, depression. Um, it's hard to identify um, postpartum depression, if that makes sense, after you um, go th- through having a baby and all things like that, because... I didn't recognize it as postpartum depression because it you won't you we think of postpartum depression most people tend to think of what they see in the news oh this lady drowned her kids and mm-hmm. she's having a hard time struggling with postpartum depression so they see the extremes they of see it. the extreme of it yeah uh-huh. or somebody in the movie slit their child's throat postpartum depression mine was nothing like that and that's the extreme version of it Mm -hmm. but postpartum depression also known as what back in the old days is baby blues Mm -hmm. um it it was hard to identify because like I said all I had to go on was the movies and what you see in the news but for me I just knew that you know I didn't feel like myself Mm -hmm. and I didn't even recognize that I didn't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. I just knew that something was wrong, but I couldn't pinpoint what was wrong. So did you feel that way during the pregnancy or? No. After? This, yes. After the pregnancy. um, I didn't feel any type of depression or anything while I was pregnant, but definitely uh, probably about, and and the thing with my postpartum depression and um, postpartum anxiety also, because that was more of what I also struggled with, um, it did not come directly after I had my baby. I thought that, you know, it's something you struggle with. After you have your baby, you go home, and then for a week or two, three weeks, that's when you start to feel bad. No, my postpartum depression came... Months later, mm-hmm. probably like a couple weeks, maybe like two to three months, about three months after I had my child, my kids is when I recognized that something was wrong. But during the first three months, I was happy. Everything was fine. But then after that, I just felt like a real decline uh, in my in my life, like in everything around me as far as motivation, um, getting through the day. Um, things like that. So, how did you finally realize, like, it wasn't just something like depression or just something wrong? How did you, how were you able to actually classify it as, like, wait, this may be 
postpartum depression or anxiety? <laughs> oh, I went through about a series of events because I was on birth control. And um, because I was on birth control, I was crying so much and I kept isolating myself. And because I kept isolating myself uh, from my husband and from my kids and because I wasn't eating as much, I was losing weight um, and then having the crying spells, I, that has never been me. And you know me very well. I rarely ever cry on like it's very traumatic or I'm just going through something. Mm -hmm. But to just go through a day and just to look at something and just break down and cry is not normal. Mm -hmm. And I knew that wasn't normal. So I was like, okay, well, maybe it's the birth control. Switch birth control. Okay, that got better. Well, maybe let me try another birth control. Tried another one. I tried about five different birth controls before I was like, okay, the birth control is definitely a factor mm -hmm. because I was getting better, but I could never find the one that was not making my emotions and anxiety worse mm -hmm. um, or the one that was making it better. Mm -hmm. It always tends to get better, but it would never completely made me feel like myself again. So after about a series of four to five different birth controls, I finally said, let me get off. Let me get off and see how I am mentally and what's going on. And then if that doesn't work, then I'll seek counseling. Mm -hmm. So uh, finally got off birth control. And then within a couple weeks of stopping, my uh, emotions felt better. Uh, felt back to myself. Still some hints of depression and things like that. But it definitely got better. But there was still the crying spells and things like that. So then I went to counseling. And then that's when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. So did, um, when you got diagnosed, did they, what were their suggestions? Did they suggest medicine or did they suggest like a different like behavioral kind of therapy? Um, the first thing they suggested was uh, medicine, but I didn't want to take any more medicine. So I said, I just deal with it on my own mm -hmm. um, because I'm not a real big fan of taking medication mm -hmm. like that unless I just really have to. And I don't think I was that severe where I needed it and they didn't neither. It was yeah. just a suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, but so medication was def definitely an option. That was a no for me. And then the second thing um, they recommended was counseling. So I continued weeks of counseling with my therapist. Um, also marital counseling. So my husband, so they could help him identify with what I was going through because he did not understand. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask as well. Like any time during like you discovering like this was happening, did he like mention like you're acting different, you're acting weird? Did he was he able to be like something's off or what was going on? He definitely on with that? knew after I had my baby a couple months, he definitely knew something was wrong, but you know, he never voiced it to me. Mm -hmm. He never voiced because my postpartum depression was not directed at my kids mm -hmm. or wanting to harm them or anything. Or I just wanted I just didn't feel like me mm -hmm. again and I wanted to feel like me and I and I was it was just a struggle and his thing was he knew I wasn't myself but he didn't know how to bring it to my attention mm -hmm. was the first thing and um only thing when I used to cry to him and tell him something was wrong he would say oh think happy thoughts 
Like, mm-hmm. nigga, that is not going to work. <laughs> I, I can't. You can't just tell somebody they're struggling with depression, think happy thoughts, and then that's going to continuously work every day. Mm-hmm. Some days that will work, even some moments. Mm-hmm. But it's the constant battle in yeah. your mind going back and forth. Um, so then that's when I decided to seek counseling. And then um, he... I think it made him see things a little bit better, mm-hmm. but he definitely saw a difference um, once I got off the birth control. And then he definitely, uh, to have a third party explain it to him, because yeah. when I told him I felt like I had it, he thought, oh, you're fine. You just need mm-hmm. to stop, get off social media, cut off the news, stop watching all this negativity. And at that time, COVID, we was on lockdown. Mm-hmm. That made things 10 times worse. Yeah. Being in lockdown and you being depressed. So that made things 10 times worse. And he's just like, you just need to focus on being positive. But to bring a third party in and have that third party say, no, no, no. she What she's dealing with is bigger than what you can see. Mm-hmm. And let me try to break it down for you and help him explain it. Help them explain it to him. That was very important. And um, he finally understood so now he knows when uh, sometimes like postpartum or depression, anxiety, I still have it. It's still a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's better, but it's something I still struggle with. But at least now he can recognize when I'm in that he mode. Uh huh. He can identify it and help me through it versus, oh, let me leave her alone mm-hmm. because she's in her mood, you know. So would you say, how did, how were you able to research and find out like, this is what I may have and I need to go to therapy about it. Cause I feel like well, postpartum depression and anxiety is not a lot of information out there anyway, mm-hmm. but especially for like African American or black, like black people, I feel like it's even harder for us to maybe identify mm-hmm. because we don't as like a group of people, we don't, deal with our emotions mm-hmm. in healthy ways so how how was it to actually identify like this may be like something I'm going through and I need to get help mm, it wasn't hard for me because I'm a very open person mm-hmm. so when I'm going through something I do have a support system that can be like hey well maybe you need to go see a counselor or maybe it's postpartum depression like I thought it but I didn't actively talk about it Mm -hmm. so when I would bring it up to my mom she was like well maybe you're suffering from postpartum depression and if you are that's okay Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I think I am and I just looked online looked for a counselor um looked for um you know different symptoms and things like that and emotional uh things that could help and all of those things so it wasn't hard to identify and it wasn't hard for me to accept Mm -hmm. um I was happy when uh when the counselor finally said yes mm-hmm. this is postpartum uh depression and anxiety i was happy because i felt the relief that now i can identify and i know for sure what it is and it's not just me being insane it's, yeah it's not just yeah. you in, in your head yeah it's actually something going on chemically in my body because i never felt this way before i had kids mm-hmm. so like even what the counselor said and the doctor that after I had my kids, something chemically in my body has just never set back right with 
you know, within itself mm-hmm. after I've had my twins. And, you know, me having twins with, was a struggle within itself. So I would never be that that person I was before. And that's, some, that's hard sometimes to accept, but it's the truth of the matter when you have kids and it's truth of the matter with postpartum depression um, and anxiety. So I know you mentioned that for you, most of yours was not like actually directed towards your kids, but can you think of instances did you even have instances where you felt like i'm not doing this right or i'm not you know dealing with this right with them yeah i think when it came to my kids um i was a control it was very controlling um no if if i'm trying to get my son to burp because he had a problem with his stomach um, and he would just cry and cry and cry and cry and I couldn't get the crying to stop. So it was like, I had it down his daily regimen down to a T on how to make sure that he was okay. And if you, if I skipped anything within my daily routine, um, I knew he was going to have a crying spell. Then I was going to have a crying spell. And if my husband didn't put this many amount of gas drops in his bottle, I knew I was going to have a problem. So I had it down to a math. Uh, how things were supposed to go with him. Also, um, I would often like isolate myself from my kids. Mm-hmm. So, and when I say that, I mean like, okay, you come home, get home from work, you sell them in, but it's like, okay, now I'm I'm a walk away. They good. I'm I'm gone. Yeah. I'm I'm in my room or something like that. Like it was more like a. Well, let me just get away. Mm-hmm. Y'all okay? Let me get away for a moment. Yeah. Type thing. There was a lot of that and not interacting with them enough as a mom is when they were younger, probably probably like the toddler stage. Like, you know, you get down on the floor, you play with them, you do this. I did those things, but it wasn't, I felt like in an um, abundance of it mm-hmm. because I was struggling. And... um I kind of look at that now and I kind of wish I could go back and change those things. But like I said, I was struggling. I didn't recognize it at first. Um, but it was more so, of, you know, just isolating myself and like, oh, they're fine. They're playing with their toys. And I feel like I should have engaged more. Mm. Yeah. So I know a few people that have like or have had postpartum. Uh, depression or anxiety they say that it um they still struggle with it to this day do you think it's something you'll like always struggle with or do you think it one day you will not struggle with it i pray there's a day come where i don't struggle with postpartum depression anxiety but as if i can stay how i am now or even get a little bit better i think i'll be okay um it's easier to manage now. Mm-hmm. It's easier to deal with. As my kids get older, it gets easier. Um, so I feel like I feel like I if I I feel like I think I will be okay if I could stay like this. Just as long as I don't go back. <laughs> Cause yeah, that was not fun. What um what percentage of women do you think have or struggle with postpartum and they don't ever realize it. They just think like something is wrong, but they never 
actually pinpoint it to that because I, I feel like it's a lot mm-hmm. of like women but they don't they don't understand or don't know how to get help for it if i had to take a guess if i i definitely agree um i will say probably at least 60 to 65 percent of women probably mm-hmm. experience postpartum depression probably even more than that but women don't they don't even recognize that it's postpartum depression Mm -hmm. like i talked to a friend one time and she was like oh yeah girl i was feeling so down uh i just had the baby blues and i'm like you know the baby blues is postpartum (laughs) depression it's the same thing Mm -hmm. it's not it's just it has a a medical term now but our parents and grandparents used to say baby blues Mm -hmm. but you know, it's the same thing and it's okay that you felt that way. And she didn't open up about the baby blues until I opened up about the postpartum depression. And then yeah. she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry you went through that. I only had baby blues. I'm like, girl, the it's thing. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the same thing. It's just mine. I'm just using, we use two different terms, mm-hmm. but, um, but definitely I think about 60 to 65% percent of women probably experience the number may be higher because and even the women that do they never really seek help Mm -hmm. they they're never they never really get diagnosed it's Mm -hmm. just like i know i have postpartum depression so i'm just gonna recognize that i have it and try to do better not actually go seek help uh see if you may need medication this and that stuff like that um so even the number may be actually higher Mm -hmm. so what would you say, like, I, I've i heard people talk about, like, the depression part. What would you say is, how does the anxiety part, like, how does that feel? And how is that, like, does it happen at the same time as the depression or is it back and forth? Back and forth. So, the postpartum anxiety is more like what I was describing with my son. Mm-hmm. So, depression is more like the isolation, the crying spells, mm-hmm. stuff like that. The anxiety is more of the controlling the thing. Controlling, just yeah. trying to make sure things stay the same and yes. don't change. Yeah, trying to make sure it's the control aspect of it. Make sure you hold them like this. Mm-hmm. Make sure you... Feed them this way. Make sure you put this amount of stuff in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where the anxiety kicks. Because if you don't, this is what could happen. If yeah. you do this, this is what could happen. Like, it's the what if with the anxiety part of it. So, I struggle with a lot of that. And even now, um, yeah, the anxiety part. I think the anxiety part for me is the worst. Mm-hmm. Because the depression and the isolation and crime spell it lasts for a few moments Mm -hmm. but the anxiety the time span is way longer to me um of anxiety um i don't don't know how to explain it but yeah it's not like a quick moment and it's gone like Mm -hmm. because it's all it with anxiety it's always something that can go wrong yeah um but the crime spells you have it then you're done so would you let like during that time, would you let people hold them or help you with them, or were you just like, I got, I got to control all, I got to do all of this? No, I was very, I was very welcoming of help and support, but um, like I said, I'm not very well. How do I say this? Um, I'm very welcoming of support and things like that, but I would just look 
and see how they do things, like if how they held my child or mm-hmm. how they fed them. And I would probably mumble it to my husband, but I wouldn't say anything because I'm I don't like conflict. So yeah, but I would probably I definitely there were definitely times where I felt I was on edge, but I just had to grit and grind my teeth and just make it through. When you were doing your research for like postpartum depression and anxiety, uh, I know you were able to seek therapy and counseling. Did you ever see anything about any support groups online or anything like that? Um, yes, there were support groups online. I cannot remember them, but if you need them, y'all can Google them. <laughs> <laughs> but there are definitely support groups in the area um, of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, there are there are specific postpartum depression and anxiety counselors as well mm-hmm. uh, in Memphis that deal with the issues that I had because um, not every counselor can can deal with postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are definitely specialists, and then there are definitely support groups, and also there were support groups on Facebook that mm-hmm. helped me as well. Okay, so. What made you do the therapy route and not necessarily therapy and like the support groups? Um, the main, the main thing was time. I didn't Mm -hmm. have, it's COVID. It was COVID. Couldn't, couldn't really meet anybody. My therapy sessions were online. Mm -hmm. So like the support groups, like I said, the quickest thing I did was join, um, Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. um, because, but to actually physically talk with other moms and things like that, that never happened because of the way the world was set up at that time. Mm. So I just used the Facebook groups to do that um, and as well as the counseling. Yeah, I think all of that, like a combination of like having kids and then dealing with postpartum and then a whole pandemic all at the same time, can definitely be overwhelming and can be just the point where you're you're not sure on how to get help or what what to do. So I'm glad you were able to recognize that you weren't yourself and that something was wrong or something was off. And I think, like, unfortunately, so many people, they may recognize that something is off and they, like, just deal with it, quote, is deal with it in a way is like okay something's wrong or off but i'm just gonna uh, deal with it internally Mm -hmm. and just push it aside and not try to actually seek help for it Mm -hmm. and so i'm very thankful you were able to recognize it and not just recognize it but seek you know seek help and also recognize that you know you're not the only person that deals with this that other people you know struggle with it as well and it's nothing wrong with struggling with it i think that's a big thing especially in our um our society where we believe like oh if we struggle with this issue that we have to hide it or we can't tell it to anyone because it's embarrassing or it makes us feel some kind of inferiority kind of way. But a lot of people struggle with it. And it's not like something that people, you know, you tell people, they'd be like, oh, make fun of you about. Right. <laughs> it's something that like, oh, you're struggling with this. Let me, you know, let me try to help you. Let me try to see what I can do or deal with it. So thankfully you were able to have a support system that could help you. And 
help you understand what's going on. I feel like it would be 10 times harder for a single mom mm-hmm. to deal with that. I can't imagine how I had my whole husband. I was still struggling. And I had both my mother-in-laws. That was another thing, too. Um, when my mother-in-law, uh, when I told her that I was seeking help, she stepped in and without even asking to keep the kids two days out of the week to spend the night so that it could give me time to myself, mm-hmm. me time with my husband, um, just to get back to me, to figure out how can I get back to making myself happy, to mm-hmm. feeling like myself again? Because all I knew prior to having my kids was just me. Yeah. But now I felt like, okay, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Like, it was very overwhelming. I had twins. Um, never even took care of a child before, but now I got two. Um, so she stepped in. She was my biggest support. Um, when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and she still keeps them twice a week to this day. So I still use that time mm-hmm. to uh, do things for myself. I go to Zumba and then me and my husband try to have date night on Thursday and I go to Zumba on Wednesdays um, and we FaceTime the kids. Um, but she she recognized and she felt like she knew that something was wrong mm-hmm. and she was glad that I saw it. And went and got help um but that was yeah yeah i feel like it's just something that's i can imagine can be scary to deal with and i always um fear that's one of like my fears because sometimes i struggle with depression or anxiety a lot so one of my fears is if i ever do have kids that I would definitely experience mm-hmm. like that, and it would be, I don't know how I would be able to deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I said, I don't want any more kids, but if I, and I and I don't want any more kids, not because of postpartum depression, because of uh, physically, when I had my twins, I almost lost my life. That's why I don't want any more kids, because I'd rather be here for the two that I have mm-hmm. now than to risk my life mm-hmm. again to have another child. Um, but if I was to have another child, I feel like I would plan ahead mm-hmm. knowing because I know what could come after I have the child. Mm-hmm. So now I know how to recognize those feelings, those emotions, where at first I had no clue what was going on. I felt like the world was spinning. Like, yeah. I got a child. Oh, and the child is crying, but I got to go do this and I got this and I got that. And it's just so much. And then on top of that, I don't feel like myself, but I'm taking care of two people. So now I feel like I know how I would know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's something maybe we should do as a society. Like, you know, they have those Lamaze classes. They teach you and give you the tools you need to give birth. Uh-huh. But not after. Not not after or even to prepare you on what's going to come after you have birth. Like they talk about, you know, the labor, delivery and things like that and holding your baby, but let's talk about the grit and grind of it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how you going to feel when you get home because the hospital had you and your child in there for 3 days. Now you're at home. That's where everything gets real. Let's talk about what do you want your day to look like at home? What what 
how to recognize when you're not feeling right as a mom. Do you have enough support? And I think there are maybe, um, what is it called? There are doulas. There's a, um, it's called a postpartum doula. Okay. Yes. There is a, and I just found this out. Mm -hmm. TikTok, you learned everything. (laughs) (laughs) There is a, you know, so they have doulas. For when you go in the hospital, mm-hmm. but there's two type the other the other two types of doula. There's an abortion doula, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know existed. That's interesting. Yes, there's an abortion doula. I guess if you're going through an abortion, they help you out with the emotions process, and mm-hmm. they you know they help you through. Mm-hmm. And then there's a postpartum doula. The postpartum doula doula from this lady on TikTok. She. The family hired her. The family would end their nights at like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then the postpartum doula would come to the house and she would stay the night. And so she would make the baby's bottles at night, feed the baby. So the family got a chance to rest mm-hmm. and sleep and, you know, get back to their normal lives at night while the postpartum doula was there Mm -hmm. to help out with the baby, as well as the mom, if she needed anything during the night. And that's something I never knew about. My doctor never told me about it. The hospital never said anything about it. they're definitely not going to tell you about that. (laughs) (laughs) But for, think about how amazing that would be Mm -hmm. for people like me Mm -hmm. that was having twins. Yeah. And... Like, I had my mom, and you know how it is when you get a family member to come stay with you. They help out. But, but, but <laughs> she help out, but she also your mom, and she going to give it to you raw yeah. or whatever. But so a third party who's who's actually getting paid, mm-hmm. and this is their job, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it was expensive. I think she cost like a couple, couple thousand mm. for the month. Did it say if insurance would cover anything like that? Um, no, um, let me look it up, a postpartum doula. I think I've heard of something similar, or maybe it was the same thing. I don't know if I saw it on TikTok or somewhere else, but it was this lady that she would come, like you were saying, make the bottles, change the things. This lady, she would also, like, she, like, would fix food for them, so they would have it, like, for the week, so the mom didn't have to, like, try to figure out, like, how to cook as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also kind of similar to, like, respite care where you can, you know, be able to get some rest while, you know, dealing with um, dealing with this stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's through insurance, but it says postpartum doulas provide families information and support on infant feeding, emotional, and physical recovery from childbirth. Infant soothing and coping skills for new parents. They might also help with light housework. Yes, I also saw her. She was cleaning the lady's house mm. uh, and, and kitchen after they had ate dinner. Fix a meal and help incorporate an older child into this new experience. How much can a, a do postpartum doula make? So uh, they go by the hour. So anywhere between thirty to forty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And this girl stayed all night, so she was eight hours. So mm-hmm. $30, $40, eight hours a night, you make a pretty good money. Um, it says, 
So, of course, they don't, postpartum doulas do not provide medical services, treatments, or diagnosis to the mother or the baby. Yeah. Basically, just like heavy housekeeping, mm -hmm. emotional support, physical support, those type things. And I think that's important for people to know because even though I couldn't probably afford it at that time, there are some people out here that can that don't know it's a service. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... And I think that brings up uh, another point as well, how I'm not sure about in other places, but I know in America where we're like individual this, individual that, I feel like in especially with like childcare and like stuff like that, I feel like it should be more how maybe it used to be. I don't want to say like in cave days or whenever, mm -hmm. but where it was more of like a community or like a village, mm -hmm. like that saying, like it takes a village. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, it literally does, does. It, it takes a <laughs> you know. And so, even though I haven't had kids, uh, I just feel like even just thinking about it just seems like strange to, like you said, you know, have birth and then birth two people into the world, and then you get home and it's like, okay. Here they are. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. <laughs> They're yours. Mm -hmm. You just got to, you know, live with these people the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and take care of them. And take and care keep of them. them alive without <laughs> to go to jail. You but, know. Um, but no, it's, um, it definitely takes a village. And it's just so, it's help out there. It just takes us to research, mm -hmm. to find the support, to find the doulas, to mm -hmm. find the resource to help pay for the treatment and pay for the doulas and stuff like that. There's mm -hmm. definitely options. So we have to educate ourselves. Yeah. Um, which because is, yeah. Uh, where we live at is America. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. they're definitely not going to educate us as people and especially us as black people on stuff that is possibly not in the hospital because then that wouldn't help them in any kind of way. Um, I was looking at uh, this other lady that was uh, on TikTok and she was talking about different uh, birth positions mm -hmm. and how that has been helpful to her and not just laying like straight on your back. And I know especially, like, in American society and hospitals, that's all they want you to do. Go to the hospital mm -hmm. and lay on your back. And that's not necessarily the best position for the mom or the child to give birth in. But that's one of the positions that is easier on the doctor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why, <laughs> why would this be easier for you? You know, you're not the one having the child. Mm -hmm. So if you have to work harder, that's your job. It shouldn't yeah. be, you know, our job to work harder or, you know, be in more pain than we have to. Because the position she was saying she had uh, done, which one was like a squat method and then one was a different type of method. She was able to deliver her child in a shorter time versus when she did deliver her child on, the, uh, on her back. And it was like a... 24-hour, mm -hmm. two-day thing. <laughs> yeah, because the theory is if you deliver your baby uh, squatting, the gravity helps bring mm -hmm. the baby down yeah. versus you working against gravity yeah. if you're laying down. So I definitely get it. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know what has happened. I'm sure many women have probably tried to squat. I don't know if the hospital let them do it or not. I'm not sure. But if it, if it was me, I would definitely try. Yeah. Um, I know, and, and I don't think I have to research more on where we exactly live. But I know in other places they have where it's a kind of doula and hospitals where they have like a birthing area where if you want to do like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff or even like water water births you can but it's inside a hospital so if something happened you'll already be there but the doula is like the main person in charge mm-hmm. um so i definitely want to do more research on that and find out more about that but i definitely thank you for being able to talk about um, this postpartum depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. hopefully uh, the people listening whether they are moms want to be moms want to be fathers parents cousins who's ever listening because it does take a village hopefully this can give you a better understanding of what one of your family members might be going through or might about to go through an experience and you can you know understand more and also be helpful to them Mm -hmm. once again thanks for listening to the trauma room a podcast that triggers the next patient will be seen shortly